When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go. Hour number two on a Tuesday. We're two days away from the NFL draft. Remember, we got the Cowboys draft broadcast for you on Thursday. Uh, that will start at 6 o'clock. And uh, with some pre-game activity for you, pre-game, pre-draft activity for you, you'll hear every pick. You'll hear some inside sound when Jerry or Steven or McCarthy or all of them call that number one pick, uh, whoever goes, at 26, 6 o'clock to 11 o'clock on Thursday evening. Plus, get out to all the Pluckers locations. We'll have our same uh, fun out at Pluckers with the draft party. It is very cool. Go to hornfm.com for more info. Chad Zay on this Tuesday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, and we're going to catch up with Haley Sutton. She's got a busy week this week. Haley Sutton with the Cowboys at underscore Haley Sutton if you want to give her a follow. Haley, we know you are busy this week. Thank you so much for the time. How are you? Hey, yeah, I'm good. I feel like I will be better maybe on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all intents and purposes, I'm doing awesome. All right, so you would be one of the few people that can say they have had a one-on-one interview with Jerry Jones this week. Any insider info you got for Cowboys fans today after talking to JJ? Yeah, uh, so my conversation with Jerry, actually, we didn't talk draft, believe it or not. Um, the star, as we all know, is notorious for – um, you know, holding all different kinds of events. And yesterday was super special. They had some kind of partnership with the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, and so Jerry was able to ring the closing bell. Um, so that's what our one-on-one conversation was about. But he did speak with us yesterday before that in a press conference with Stephen and Mike McCarthy um, and definitely gave some clarity. I think going into this draft, the biggest thing is that that 26th pick, because it's so late in the first round, uh, it's really kind of a toss-up. And I know that's one of the favorite things to say uh, during this time when you have such a late pick, but it's kind of the reality, right? I think they're comfortable trading that pick away, you know, to move up or down, depending on what's offered. I think they're comfortable staying at 26. So I think it's going to kind of just depend on how the draft board that they are building falls and kind of what's available at that 26. Yeah, Haley, we know us being the horn. We watched a lot of B. John Robinson, and we know how good he is. And word on the street is Cowboys are looking at him, but will he be available is the question. For what you've been hearing, you know, up in the Dallas area, if Bijan were to be at 26, will the Cowboys go after him? Uh, well, I think I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. I don't think Bijan's going to be available at 26. I think there's way too many teams uh, before the Cowboys that would, you know, jump at the opportunity to have Bijan on the roster. Now, that being said, with that running back position, you know, it's kind of controversial. Do you take a running back in the first round, but what do you do with it? What's, what's happened with that in the past? Steven and Jerry both kind of piggybacked off of, you know, the Zeke's uh, picking Zeke back in 2016 and then even Emmett Smith. And the, the reality is with a running back 
like Bijan Robinson when you if you have the opportunity where it starts to get close. You know, I would say maybe if he's still available at pick 15, you know, maybe someone in that war room is picking up the phone and, and having conversations about a trade. And as it kind of moves down closer and closer, I, I think that Steven and Jerry and even Mike yesterday all kind of hinted that if the right player is available close to where we're at, we're not going to be afraid in making some aggressive moves in order to get said player with us. Now, I'm not saying they said that specifically about Bijan, but I can imagine that Bijan is a guy who they would apply that same philosophy to. Haley, and obviously there's uh, not only our Longhorn fans who love the Cowboys wanting Bijan to end up as a Cowboy, they really don't want him to be an Eagle. So that's another thing to just make sure of. At that 10th pick, I need to know the Eagles are thinking about anything but running back. Uh, It's going to be fascinating to see where they end up. They obviously are what everybody's chasing, NFC champions, and it feels like they're going to almost get to make a – not a luxury pick at 10, but that one, as a Cowboys fan, that pick scares me as to what the Eagles are going to do at 10. Yeah, it, it it scares me too a little bit. I think that they shored up their running back room by adding a couple of guys as well in the offseason. But again, when you have a guy like Bijan, who was kind of the consensus, you know, best at least offensive player in the draft, you've got Will Anderson on the other side. So it's, you know, hard to argue either way. But like I said before, Bijan is the most talked about guy, I think, in this draft, other than the quarterbacks, because of what he brings. He is a player who you can insert him into a starting lineup in official week one of the season, like preseason aside, and he's going to be a big impact player. And I think that that is a, you know, it's, it's exciting for all teams, not just the Cowboys. Uh, I'm with you, though. I'm really praying that the Eagles, you know, mess around and take a quarterback for all intents and purposes <laughs> just to make everything, you know, easy for us. Yeah. Um, and we know that's not going to happen. But, yeah, I think, I think it's an interesting position to be in, and I think the way that the Cowboys are approaching that 26th pick uh, is really kind of strategic because when you look at what they did in – you know, the offseason, I mean, March was madness, literally, for this organization. They were adding pieces left and right. They were aggressive in negotiating trades, you know, to get veteran experience to help bolster the team. And so, kind of like you said with the, the Eagles having luxury picks, I think that's kind of how the Cowboys look at it, too. I mean, there's obviously some positions that I think still need to be addressed, but I think you feel pretty confident going into this draft that you're adding to an already Super Bowl playoff caliber team and that is a luxury as opposed to you know having to feel like you're relying on the draft to be your roster in 23. Haley I know when you were on our show last time you talked about one of your favorite interviews with the current tight ends there Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot we know Steven and Jerry they're looking at one of the many tight ends in this year's draft do you think that those guys, especially with Dalton Schultz off to Houston, do you think that just Ferguson and Hendershot aren't good enough for what, I guess, Mike McCarthy's trying to do with the system and they should go after another tight end? Or you, do you think that they could go after another position that they need and be good with Ferguson and Hendershot for the upcoming 2023 season? I think, excuse me, I think both are kind of true. I think that this coaching staff was thrilled with what the tight ends did this season. I mean, Jake and Peyton were, I mean, Peyton, for him to be an undrafted free agent, and I know he didn't get a ton of offensive credit, but just coming in on special teams, some of the, you know, plays he was able to make. I mean, he had a couple touchdowns this year. I mean, you got Jake. Like, Jake's a big dude. I think with how they look at the tight end position, especially with Dalton being gone, you know, Dalton's bread and butter 
was that he was Dak's go-to guy. He's not going to be a guy who's going to get you a ton of yards after the catch, uh, you know, but he's going to be in the corner of the end zone. He's going to make an athletic catch, and he's going to be Mr. Reliable from that sense. So now it's a matter of do we look at Jake Ferguson to fill that role? What's Jake's skill set? Well, Jake's a little bit more athletic than what Dalton was. Jake is a little bit more speedy. Uh, and so you, you look at that facet, so maybe you look at Jake to fill that role. But also when you look at what this draft is offering from the tight end position, it is littered with talent. So you, the first five tight ends that are going to be off the board, there's five more guys behind them that you know might offer a similar skill set. And I think the biggest thing they're looking for from that position, especially with Mike calling the plays, especially with Zeke no longer being here, you've got to look at a guy who can be versatile. You need a guy who's going to be able to be really good in pass protection, who's going to be good with his hands and be able to block on the line of scrimmage. But you also are going to need a guy who's going to be able to run some routes for you. You're going to need a guy who's going to have to be that you know reliable pass catcher. So I think that position specifically, they're looking for versatility. Both of them said that yesterday when we spoke to them. So I wouldn't be surprised if they take a tight end at that 26 spot because there is so much talent and you want to make sure you're bolstering that room. But it, it could go, it could go anyway. I've avoided mock drafts on purpose because it's just that 26 pick is just a really challenging spot to be in. Talking with Haley Sutton of the Cowboys again, follow her at underscore Haley Sutton for all the action. As we get closer two days away from the draft, Haley, we asked you about the kind of perspective on what the Eagles have going on. Do you share my happiness today that Aaron Rodgers is out of the NFC? Like, I feel like a, <laughs> I feel like a weight has been lifted. <laughs> I am so happy that hopefully we can stop talking about Aaron Rodgers this off season because I am just so sick of like the drama, you know, like yep. this is to me, this feels like real housewives of green Bay. Like, it's, so I'm happy they got it worked out. I love the live reaction to it. You know, you can't go wrong with live TV, but uh, it is interesting now when you look at what the quarterback position offers in the NFC, uh, a fun nugget that's been floating around Twitter right now is that Dak Prescott is now the longest tenured starting quarterback for a franchise uh, in the NFL right now since he's you know been here with the team for the longest. So I think that I don't know how valuable of a stat that is other than just kind of going like, wow, he's really been here for a minute. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting because the Cowboys will face the Jets at some point this upcoming season. So it'll obviously be, you know, another matchup and, you know, can the Cowboys finally take down Aaron Rodgers type situation, but I'm just, I'm ready for it to, <laughs> to be put to bed. Like, okay, go be a Jet and go give them your drama and we'll live happily ever after. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot they were on the schedule. I should have. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God. All right. Never mind. I didn't do the. I didn't do the proper prep for that question. <laughs> Zay, go ahead and ask a better question. <laughs> uh, so Haley, one of the big discussions that me and my partner had throughout the 2022 season was at the end of the season, especially after the San Francisco game. One of the four guys wouldn't return from Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Dan Quinn, and Kellen Moore. Well, Kellen Moore was the one to bite the bullet. He's off to uh, uh, L.A. now, and Mike. McCarthy's calling the plays. How do you think that's going to work out? We know Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions last season, so he's looking to have a bounce-back season. But with Mike McCarthy calling the plays now, how do you think that's going to look for the 2023 season? I think it's going to be fun. I think when Mike came into this job, it was such an audition for him. I think it was so different from what he had experienced in Green Bay. And I think you can say that about, you know, any organization when you compare them to the Cowboys because there's just simply no front office, I would argue, in sports, at least in America, 
that is more involved in day-to-day operations, even from a football standpoint, than the Dallas Cowboys. And so I think what you've seen over the last couple of years is, you know, number one, Mike coming in during the pandemic season, having to try to establish relationships and rapport and that kind of thing, then getting more comfortable, you know, just in the system, working with Jerry, working with Steven and all these guys. And now, and I think Jerry even said this when we were at the combine, you know, like Jerry needed to feel comfortable, you know, with his head coach calling the plays. It's not something that he was typically used to and Mike kind of had to earn that for lack of better terms. And so I think it's a positive thing. It was no secret really that Mike and Kellen didn't see eye to eye. That's not to say they didn't get along, but from a coaching philosophy standpoint, they're completely different. And so I think it will kind of be an adjustment for sure. But I know Dak Prescott's really excited about it. He's been, you know, getting closer and closer with Mike and the number one thing to me that stands out about McCarthy is the respect that like so many of these players have been vocal about. You know, I remember we had Cowboys Hour with J. Ron Curse way back at the beginning of the season, and you know, I asked him, you know, what is it about Mike that stands out? And he just J. Ron said, you know, I just have so much respect for him. He cares about us as people. He wants us to get better. He pushes us to be our best. And so, I really just think it's just going to be an extension of what you saw last season that that brotherhood camaraderie the chemistry all of that that was kind of clicking at the right time it's just going to be I think an extension of that and when it comes down to it I think as simple as this sounds like they're just plays right and so yes you have a different guy calling those plays yes you have a different guy making the decisions but I think that they're working towards being in sync so that come training camp it will not feel like oh this is a this is different this is new a new play caller for us so um, I'm excited for it. I, I love Mike McCarthy's mind. I love how he approaches the game. And so I'm really looking forward just to seeing how this team can continue to improve. And Haley, he certainly let us know kind of where the path would lead when he when he laid out the, you know, I want to run the damn ball thing, um, you yeah. know, in, in that press event. So let's go back to that, um, maybe not just the 26th pick, but this entire draft. There have been drafts before as a Cowboys fan where I thought, well, they need to get a blank in this draft. And at the end of the draft, it may not have happened for you. Would you be surprised if they come out of this draft without a running back drafted this year? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the running back group this year is very similar to the tight end group and that it's very deep. And so you don't have to necessarily, you know, get in your bag in that in the first three rounds, so to speak, you know, to get a running back. Because like I said before, like the B. John Robinsons, the Jameer Gibbs, even the Roshan Johnsons, you know, like those are guys who, you know, yeah, maybe they're not available right away. But when you go down the board, there's so many other options. I know they're really high on Tajay Spears as well. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because a lot of those guys, unfortunately, will fall into free agency, and the Cowboys have had a lot of luck with free agents as well, especially when you look at the impact that some of those guys had last season. Um, and then you have to remember, too, they did just sign Ronald Jones uh, about a month or so ago, a guy who I think is really eager to reprove himself and like show his value. I know he hasn't had the NFL career that he uh, has wanted, but he's really excited to be here in Dallas. He's from here. I believe he grew up uh, at McKinney North High School. That's where he played his high school ball. So um, I wouldn't be surprised, no, if they didn't draft one. I would be surprised if we made it out of the offseason period and didn't have more running backs available. But you also have Malik Davis, who had some significant minutes last year and was impressive as well. Um, Some other guys who were on the practice squad. So uh, I think they have a lot of options at that running back spot. 
Last one for me, Haley, before we let you go. Dak Prescott, we know last year was very tough for him when you miss five games and still lead the league in interceptions. That's very unfortunate, especially with the talent on this roster, offensively and defensively. Coming into this upcoming season, what's kind of the field for fans on Dak Prescott? You know, it seems like it's kind of a make or break year for him. How are we feeling about Dak in 2023? My favorite thing about Dak is, you know, a lot of these players in the league will tell you, you know, like, we don't listen to what the national narrative is. We don't listen to the radio or whatever, the social, the powers that be, whatever. Dak, like, he means that. Like, he, I remember being in the locker room one day with him and showing him the clip of uh, Shady McCoy on Speak just trashing him. I believe he literally referred to him as ass or something like that. Uh, and, you know, talking to him about that video, and I'm like, I know you say you don't watch it, but you had to have heard this, right? And, and Dak is a very matter-of-fact guy. He's very much like, okay, like, keep that same energy than when you see me in person. And I love that, like, no matter what adversity comes his way, whether it's on the football field, off the football field, because you have to think, like, this is a guy who has a lot of layers to him as a person. You know, he lost his mom. He's lost his brother recently. He's been through, you know, a lot of tragedies that we haven't experienced as people. And then you have to get on the football field, and now you're listening to everybody tell you that you, you, you suck, you're not good enough, you're not our guy, da 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 And even through all of that, he shows up every day. You know, he's mentoring these younger guys. He's got the Dak Yard right now that's really popular where all the guys are coming over and, working out with him and running routes and building that chemistry early so that when it comes time for training camp, the relationships are already there. Uh, Mike talked about yesterday how Dak is already, you know, intending on whatever new wide receivers or whatever new offensive players they bring in uh, in this year's draft period. Uh, Dak's already been vocal about saying, yeah, like, let me know. We'll get to work with them. I'll get connected with them and help them out. So I just think that Dak takes a lot more than what he deserves. And even in those situations where, you know, we are so hypercritical of him, uh, he still shows up to work every day. He still gets the job done. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, for sure one of the best in the NFC. Uh, And so I think this will be a fun bounce back year for him. The interceptions, too, you have to keep in mind. I I would argue that 60% of them weren't all on him. There were a few where he was trying to force, it didn't work out. He was trying to make a play, and it just wasn't the right move. But the chemistry that he had with some of the offensive players this year, the timing, the, a lot of it was team-related as opposed to it just being on him. So I'm excited for him to have a bounce back here. I'm not worried about him at that position because that's what he does. And that's kind of as a quarterback for America's team, you have to be conditioned to kind of take that. So I'm excited for him. He's been out here working at the Star every day. Uh, they're here for voluntary practices now, too. So I think this will be a good year for Dak. Two days till the draft. That's Haley Sutton. If you want the inside stuff as we get closer to the draft, at underscore Haley Sutton. And obviously check out all the stuff uh, with the Cowboys. Haley, we appreciate the time. We know you're busy. Thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm headed to Kansas tomorrow, so I'm excited to check out the draft and, and what it looks like in person. Very cool. Safe travels. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Thanks, Haley. Haley Sutton with good stuff on the Cowboys. Uh, Yeah, uh, at underscore Haley Sutton. And, uh, yeah, I got a little one-on-one with Jerry yesterday. Jerry uh, and Stephen and McCarthy with the presser yesterday as well. Some interesting thoughts on number 26. Yeah, she is in that group, and I think a lot of people are in the group that if the Cowboys just sit at 26, B. John Robinson's not going to be an option. Nope. 
He ain't gonna be there. I just saw a projection. Twenty one to the Chargers. Yeah. That's the one that really should be blinking at you right now above all else. I did see some good news today, Zay, on a little pro- a projection that the Eagles at ten are really focused on interior stuff. They're focused on an offensive or defensive lineman. They are not looking at a running back. Interesting. I hope that's true. <laughs> now, number eight, Atlanta is one to that that might be the first place to look for Bijan. Because what I read today on Atlanta, I think this was coming from Todd McShay's kind of notebook of his latest thoughts, and it was if Atlanta doesn't see one of the corners they like, if both those guys are off, what is it, Witherspoon from Illinois and then the kid from Oregon. Right. If they're both off the board, that's the thought where maybe Atlanta goes Bijan at eight. Ooh. That would mean two corners have to go in the first seven picks. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a run on corners. But they're both really good, and people like them. I like Witherspoon a lot. So uh, just some thoughts there. Two days away from the draft. Thanks to Haley for her time. Coming up next in the Flex segment, the son of a famous Longhorn transfers into Flex territory, plus how you can help out a local star, and there's a basketball update. It involves the Flex realm and Chris Beard. Stay with us. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. Ah, goodness. All right. Keep rolling or rolling? What's its official title? Rolling. Just rolling. Get your backwards cap ready, baby. Get ready. Limp Biscuit. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. What yeah. up, Fred? Talk your talk. Fred Durst, is that his name? Yes, sir. Something like that. Yeah, if you've never seen the Woodstock 99 documentary they did, fascinating. Fascinating look at that whole event. How it all started, how it all went wrong, and how this guy singing was kind of part of it, and how he may have helped really it to fall apart. Yeah, it was a weird, a weird mix of things. But one of the things that really didn't help that festival was all of the anger, all of the angry male energy that ended up in one spot at a key time. And he was the ringleader. Ah. And he wasn't going to calm anybody down. Because that wasn't his job. That was not his job. And he went after it. Man, that's a hell of a documentary if you haven't seen it. Limp Biscuit, Pat Benatar, and Wham. Again, I've gotten texts on the Pat Benatar Madonna mistake. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I apologize to the Pat Benatar fans. It's on me. Clearly on me. My mistake. Uh, I mixed up Wham and Culture Club today. Uh, I did not have the detail in my head that Aaron Rodgers, even though he's out of the NFC, is facing the Cowboys this year. So my happiness seems stupid. I apologize for that as well. I have pulled up the schedule for the Cowboys. I totally forgot that we now know home and road opponents. We just don't know the order of things. I'm, I'm just an old man that always waits around for whatever that May date is, April or May. I think it's in May this year of the official schedule day. This is when we know. It's like, no, old man, we already know who they're going to play and where. 
So the Cowboys will host the Jets and the Patriots, and they will go to the Dolphins and the Bills in terms of AFC East this year. Got to play them all. Yeah, shout out to Haley. She does a great job for the Cowboys, and clearly she's just her knowledge is ridiculous, especially her being with the players, Jerry Jones, getting an interview and talk to him and stuff like that. But the way Haley was talking – Shoot. I don't know where the Super Bowl is in Vegas this year. It's like the Cowboys already going to be there. Because Cowboys, we know what Jerry and Steven have done in the offseason. We'll see what they do on Thursday. Again, with Tom Brady retired, Aaron Rodgers now in the NFC. If you make it to the playoffs, anything can happen. So, again, with the way Haley was talking, Cowboy fans, I'd be hype. Would you be would you be sipping, guzzling? Would you be looking for some blue Kool-Aid right now? Oh, I'd actually have the Kool-Aid for the Cowboys. You'd already have it? Oh, yeah. Guzzling down? Not guzzling. Maybe a little sip, okay. you know, like some right. scotch or something. But, yeah, I like what the Cowboys have done in the offseason. I really do. Uh, Zay, might I recommend mixing that Kool-Aid with Johnny Walker that Blue? Johnny Walker Blue. It'll make it the perfect color. Yeah, it was weird what Jerry said at the presser, though. Where he slapped Big Mike really? on the Jerry's chest. Really? Jerry's saying something weird. Yeah, Do tell. slapped Big Mike on the chest and said, yeah, problem with us isn't drafting. It's our coaching. And I'm like, hmm. Oh. Don't you pick the coaches? Was that supposed to be a joke? Did everybody laugh? Yeah, everybody laughed. Oh, yeah. I see. So an owner and GM and president of a team joked about his head coach at a pre-draft press conference. Hmm. I mean, he could have meant like a – Kellen Moore, but Mike was there in the middle, and he slapped him, and then Steven was like, oh, yeah, you can't let them get away with that before we leave, huh? Yeah, see, the question is, had he said play calling, that's perfect. That's perfect if he'd said that. Yeah, the problem around here has been play calling, right, Mike? That's the way to do it. But he's Jerry, so there's no way he did that. He probably sa- he said coaching and, and slipped into that situation because that's what Jerry does. But that's what they do. That's those that yesterday's presser and the presser they do before the before training camp makes me nuts as a Cowboys fan because no other NFL team does it. Nobody else runs that circus. An owner, his son, and the head coach having a press conference. Hey, way to cut your coach off at the knees. Oh, and you have a joke at the end for him. Well played. Now I have total confidence. Thanks, Jer. <laughs> Good grief. It's so pathetic. He can't help himself. He can't. No, he can't. That's Jerry. That's the show. That's the circus. And he is now, what, 80 and counting? Is he 81 yet? Has he gotten there? Nobody wants to take Grandpa's keys. He's rambling and rambling and rambling and rambling. He'll keep rambling as long as y'all put a mic in his face. And here's where we are. Yeah, because I'm looking at Steven. Steven getting up there, too. He ain't no young whippersnapper like he used to be, either. Yeah, he's probably in his... Late in his 50s, right? Probably. Stephen Jones? That's a There's an age I haven't looked up yet. Thanks for trying to depress me on that level, too. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let me look up Stephen Jones' age before we move on. He's 65. Yo. Zay. Damn. Okay, wait a second. 65. Jerry having kids at 16? Is that right? 17? Okay, Hold Jared. on, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> that was Stephen Jones, a British Milner. My bad. Oh, okay, I'm about my to bad. say. My bad. My bad. Oh, my God. That scared me to death. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We had some, uh, whoo. I'm glad I double-checked that. No, no, it's not. Sorry. Not there. I can't. Uh, where is he? There he is. There he is. There he is. Whoo. 
Man, that was scary. You I, know, one thing that can't find a birthday, but it, that was not that's not true. You know, one thing that stood out, Chad, that Haley said with Mike McCarthy and the confidence that you know Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones in that front office has in him calling the plays now. I think a lot of that goes to how good Dan Quinn is on the defensive side and Mike McCarthy, because we know head coach, I mean, you just can't worry about the offense. you got to run your squad. And we know the Dallas Cowboys are a little bit different because Jerry and Steven, they run a lot of that squad where Big Mike might not have the responsibility as the other 31 coaches in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. But Dan Quinn, as good as he is, being a former head coach, the type of chemistry that he has with the defense and just adding guys like Stephon Gilmore, it's easier to let Mike McCarthy called the plays because yeah. you know on the defensive side that's covered. That's a good point, and I don't know if he's if he would tell us that he had that in Green Bay. I'd have to go back and see who the DC was in Green Bay at that time. But yeah, you got to be able to give your full focus to that if you're going to really call plays. By the way, 58, 58 for Steve. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, glad I'm glad I check, double checked that one. So 58 and do that math with Jerry. Yeah, it's like not 22, as bad. 23. Not as bad. That's bad. That's not as bad. Not as bad. All right. So uh, let's get into the flex segment here. We got a couple things to hit, including another big transfer to the black and silver. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Zay, it's a little weird to say this to fans when they are high school fans, but if you're a Vandergriff football fan, y'all should know that Coach Sanders is in the portal. Coach Sanders is checking out that portal. Interesting. He is making sure that if there are transfers to be had, that they end up in Viper, black and silver. There's another transfer to Vandegrift that I just found out about today. Well, be careful, Chad. We're not trying you to get Coach heard Sanders about in trouble. Yeah. We're not trying to get him Coach PV at Duncanville. Let's relax now. No, 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 no. no. And obviously there's no official <laughs> transfer portal in high school. Right, but you know, sure. you know what I'm saying. I so do. we had the big transfer we told you about with Jacob Henry uh, transferring to Vandegrift. But how about this one? Deuce Adams, the son of Texas legend Mike Adams, is going to be transferring to Vandegrift, along with Eli Adams, who I'm understanding is his brother. Um, one is a quarter. Deuce is a quarterback, already committed to Louisville. Eli is a wide receiver. They're both technically in the 24 class. Eli is a two-time all-district wide receiver. They were at New Braunfels Canyon, I believe. Okay. They're transferring to Vandegrift, and um, the big reason why is that Mike Adams, if you didn't know, was in coaching and he was coaching in the New Braunfels area, he's gotten a job at Vandegrift. So he's going to be a coach and teacher at Vandegrift, and the uh, the boys are moving too. So Vandegrift fans, get excited. And for those of you that are not Vandegrift fans, or maybe even if you are, if you're thinking about like picking a fight with a group of parents for a particular football team, I might stay away from the Vipers. Yeah, you better relax. That Vipers dad's group is starting to bulk up a little bit over the last little bit. Yeah. With Mark Henry and Mike Adams showing up. Yeah, Mike Adams, his kids coming over to Vandergriff. We know the genes that he has there. And, you know, as long as it's legal and within the rules, I'm all for it. 
You know, Westlake and Lake Travis, they've been doing this for years. Now Vandergriff getting to the state championship game. Yeah. People are going to want to come play for Coach Sanders. Yeah, no they doubt. They should. And again, as long as it's legal within the rules, I am all for it. So shout out to Vandergriff for getting a lot better. Yeah, and for people that haven't listened and heard me say it, I mean, I'm, I'll admit I am a mark for Vandergriff. I kind of picked them as my favorite uh, 6A team a while ago. I just like the whole vibe around them. And they got a cool thing going on out there. They do. I got a good friend of mine, uh, and he's in that Viper Dads club. Hey, Jim can handle himself. J.O. can handle himself, too. He's the dad of a uh, up-and-comer, up one of the uh, receivers. He's had three kids go through Vandergriff. He's on the third kid going through now. I don't know what he's going to do in a few years. Yeah. They're just going to see him. He's just going to be pacing back and forth, just looking for somebody to root for. Now, J.O., if Chad gets you messed up and have somebody pick a fight with you, that's Chad's fault <laughs> because <laughs> somebody's trying to test you to see how tough you are. Chad's out here, you yeah, know, don't, don't bigging that. you up, hyping you that's up, saying you don't play no games. Be careful. Watch your back. Yeah, that's true. Let's not pick a fight with anybody. <laughs> no, let's not pick a fight with anybody. Best of luck to the uh, to the Adams family getting moved there to uh, Van. That's kind of appropriate. The Adams family will be wearing black. You know, got the old school, right? A little... Get an, and vipers with the snake and the black and silver that works. Uh, so best uh, best of luck to those those guys and getting that transition. Also, uh, Zay, we said we were going to mention this basketball update. Coach Beard. Uh, with some big news as he's getting started there at Ole Miss. Yeah, Coach Beard transfer from getting a transfer from Arizona State, the San Antonio native Austin Nunez. Ooh. Ooh. Texas and Coach Terry, they were looking at the lefty went to San Antonio Wagner and okay. went out to Arizona State to play for Bobby Hurley. Obviously, it didn't work out, so now he's moving to Ole Miss. So yeah, good get for Coach Beard. You know, I've been watching Austin Nunez since he was around fourteen years old the guy's always been good a four-star player uh has a unique game you know he reminds me of chad he reminds mm. me of d'angelo russell oh, he's around six one six two version of d'angelo russell plays a little cool but you know has a different gear that he could get to and you know coach beard very intense guy he could probably bring that out of him good get for old miss is there intensity to coach beard i never really got there uh, yeah, just a little bit it's just, just a little bit. <laughs> I always felt the calmness. That's all I ever felt. That ain't him. Coach Beard. No, that's that's definitely not him. Uh, mm. uh, so best of luck to Austin Nunez moving on to Ole Miss. Kind of a cool story there. We'll keep our eyes on that. Also, uh, sometimes the internet can do incredible things. We've talked about a little bit about that horrible event that happened out in Elgin, right over there, my HEB, where uh, a couple of youngsters were shot. The cheerleader story, uh, Peyton Washington is the name of the cheerleader that was shot a couple times, that's been in the hospital. And uh, they, she's she's stable, and and they think she's going to be able to to recover. But uh, they're trying to help with her medical expenses. And Zay, I saw the GoFundMe today. I've got it pulled up right now. Over a hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars have already been put in here. Wow. They're looking at two hundred and fifty thousand as their goal. One hundred and thirty-eight thousand. If you go to Flex ATX at FLX ATX, you can see a picture. Go to the picture section. You'll see her picture. I believe it's uh, her and a coach that she's uh, taking a picture with. Click on that, and you can get into the GoFundMe. That's incredible, man. I love when people – I mean, an, there's an anonymous donation right here of $2,000. Love it when people can do that stuff. That's such an incredible, incredibly good usage of the, the technology there. So uh, thoughts and prayers going out to Peyton Washington and her family and everything that, they are, uh, that they're dealing with. And also, I believe that is the Stony Point community. 
that yes. she's, she cheers for Stony Point as well as this uh, this traveling cheerleader group that uh, that she was with. So hopefully she is doing well and will be recovered very very soon and uh, and be able to cheer again. We'll we'll keep uh, an eye on that story. Just crazy stuff there. Flex segment every day at one thirty. We'll get back into NBA discussions at two o'clock. Got three games tonight. Hopefully they're half as good as what we saw last night. Up next is where we at in society. We'll see what Zay wants to get into on this April twenty fifth. We're two days away from the NFL Draft, and this is The Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, rolling through a Tuesday. Sounds like you're going with another powerhouse female voice. Blondie? That's right. Nice. Call on me. Or call me, sorry. Call me is the name of the song. I'm not trusting myself at all today. I've made like nine mistakes already. Um, I've already got uh, people. But I do also have a listener trying to help me go see Pat Benatar, so I appreciate that. Blondie, Limp Biscuit, Pat Benatar, who I couldn't identify. I feel horrible. And Wham! I identified Wham and Limp Biscuit, but I missed Pat Benatar. Yeah. Come on, 80s child. What are we doing? Suspect. That's a little suspect. What are we doing here? <laughs> Jeff Howe texted me, Horse 24-7, Light the Tower, and said he needs to find his red Yankee hat for Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> was Fred into the multicolored hats? Oh, yeah. Or was it just the red? Uh, I remember him rocking different hats, but it was always backwards. Ah, uh, Limp Biscuit. So you would not want Fred Durst to be your starting quarterback? You specifically? No. No, no. No. (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think that was gonna. I don't think that was gonna work. Yes, I missed. I missed the whole Limp Biscuit wave. I don't know exactly what I was doing or listening to or what what was going on in life. That was a weird time. But I feel like because again, if they were a big part of Woodstock '99 and they were monstrous, '99's the year I met my wife, and I remember being into you know like the Black Crows right. and some other rocks. That particular, and I was into metal, but I just never grabbed onto the lip biscuit thing for some so, reason. So he became even bigger and that's when I started noticing him when Undertaker went like hardcore oh, rock the, the mar- ba- motorcycle era. The badass, badass Undertaker. Era, that yep. was the song. Roland was his Oh, intro that's right. Song. That's right. He did adopt that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he was coming down on the bike and stuff. That was uh that was a good time in wrestling. I wonder if they performed at a WrestleMania. A lot of times they would do that with certain artists. They might have performed somewhere. SmackDown, Raw, one of them. They may have. Yeah. Last week when we were talking Living Color, I saw that at one point they they were brought in to do Cult of Personality for uh, CM Punk, I believe. Because CM, that was his big intro music. Really? And they brought him in to do it live. That's dope. They did that over the years with a lot of different artists. Uh, I think in Houston is where Motorhead did the Triple H intro Yo, music. I think Mark Henry had 3-6 oh, Mafia. That's good. I believe that's right. We discussed that, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's fire, man. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. That's that's what Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great song. That was an awesome entrance entrance piece. All right, so uh, a lot of good music as always. A lot of great NBA last night. We hope tonight can live up to it. Plus, an update on the NFL and the the cognition test. The S2, is that what it's called? 
cognition test. Yep. Apparently one of the creators was on the Pat McAfee show and tried to clear things up. We'll see if he actually did that coming up at 2. Right now, though, we'll go where are we at in society, see what Zay wants to get into. Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, I see that three minutes ago you jumped into my DM, so I have something to look at here, yes? Yep. All right, here we go. All right, so this is a nuts story. Kawhi Leonard's sister has gone to prison for life. What? For life. Oh, my God. You know Kawhi's background. It's pretty dark. I want to say his dad is not around anymore because he was in to crazy activity growing up in the Southern California area. But, yeah, Candace Townsell and Kamisha Williams, that's Kawhi's sister, were convicted for a 2019 robin of an 84-year-old woman at a casino. They only took around $800 to $1,200 from her, and they killed killed a woman. They robbed her and killed her. Yes, at a casino in California. So Quan Leonard, if you want to know why he doesn't smile very much and you go and look at his history with his family, it makes a lot of sense. A little deeper than some other issues people might deal with. It's a lot deeper and a lot darker because this, she ain't the only one. Like his family, they got mad issues. Ugh. And you're trying to, I know he's not playing right now. The Suns are probably going to win the series tonight. But, yeah, he has to deal with his knee problems and family issues, oh which I doubt he still talks to his family members still. But I wouldn't, somebody, talk, to th- I wouldn't talk to this particular <laughs> family member. <laughs> I love my sister, but, yeah, we if she wilding like this, we can't we no longer have a relationship. Sorry, LaShawn. So assuming that you wouldn't you would have already disconnected from that relationship, when your sister this is his biological sister, correct? Right. When his sister goes to jail with no possibility of parole for life, A, do you visit at all? But B, if you do, how long do you wait? Uh that depends. Is R. Kelly performing? At the prison because that is going around too. R. Kelly what? is performing at prisons. Are you serious? And they're letting him perform his hits and wear chains. Yes. Wait a minute. Isn't he in prison right now? Yes. Okay, see, that's not what Johnny Cash was doing <laughs> back in the day. That's not what it was at all. Like, he wasn't in the prison. They visited to help out the inmates to give him a show. You can't let the you can't well, let him do it if he's in the jail. Well, kill two birds with one stone. Instead of having the celebrity come out, the guy's already here. Just give him the stuff he needs. Hey, you know what? We'll tell you when the schedule is. We'll tell you when you perform because you're performing next week. Like, what are we doing? I get it. You're telling me they got him in a prison in chains and he's rocking, rocking the rocking orange, gold, and the orange. The orange looks clean too. It's not like the normal penitentiary fit that you get. It looks fly. They got him in the penitentiary wearing the orange and chains, and he's singing AJ Nothing But a Number. Yep. Really? (laughs) That's happening. (laughs) I mean, that's happening. Dudes in there, double homicide, talking about, I believe I could fly. Ain't that a B? And then there's then there's the guy that goes to the show, goes back to his cell, and he's been looking up things. He's really he's locked in on learning. Like maybe he didn't learn how to read. He hadn't learned how to read, or he's trying to get himself an extra degree or something. And he he, he realizes he gets to the word irony in the dictionary. Oh, oh, 
All right, that's what my paper's going to be on now, with what I just saw. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, man, Kawhi, he got a lot going on, but... Yeah, it's a shame. That's that's so terrible to Ooh. hear. Obviously, just a terrible to hear a story like that, where an 84-year-old woman's just at a casino trying to have some fun and gets robbed and killed. And Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's awful stuff. Uh, and by the way, on the basketball side of it, Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out for tonight. Shocker. Ty Lue has been defending him this this week and, and all of that. But, yeah, just never uh, never has come together for, his, for the, the idea of Kawhi and Paul George in L.A. It has just not happened. Sucks, man, because you look at their roster. If they're healthy, they're one of the best teams in the league. Like Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook, those guys, say what you want about Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell dropped 40 in games. Russell Westbrook's been playing well. Clearly not enough against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, but bring PG and Kawhi back with what you have there. Right. Just look at last night's game. Look at how much the freak coming back changed Milwaukee. Yeah. You can feel it from like the first four possessions of the game. You're like, yep, they're different. That makes them so much better. And, yeah, they're just not going to be able to do it. But tonight, L.A.'s trying to stay alive. Phoenix up 3-1, trying to end that. We'll talk about that game, uh, the other games coming up tonight, get Zay's thoughts on that. Plus, got a little sound for you. The uh, One of the creators of this S2 cognitive test on the Pat McAfee show trying to explain the leak and what happens and how they deal with it. Uh, we'll see if anything gets cleared up for C.J. Stroud or anybody else up next. Plus, the updated Will Levis story. Why did Will Levis's odds to be number one in the draft change today. We'll try to explain that too on the horn.